Good morning, friends and family. Uh, what a privilege just to be part of what God is doing. Um, you know, just this week we had a Zoom meeting with 300 top leaders of Christian leaders in South Africa with our Chief Justice and a lot of people together. And people are just so excited to really press into God and to say, Lord, also heal our land. So I encourage us to keep on praying. You know, this coming Monday, we're also starting with the Father Heart series, uh, just to discover God's Father Heart for six weeks, two sessions uh, every Monday. There's a WhatsApp group where you can sign up, uh, and we're busy working on the financial wellness seminar. Everything will be online in a couple of weeks, uh, so keep uh, keep out looking for those um just messages and series, especially in this time that we're living in. Let's remind ourselves to be connected with each other because we are the church. You know, God said last year, let's be the church. Um, and what if we don't meet together? We can't meet together. And now it's happening, you know, but the church is going on. Uh, let's connect with other people. And so uh, I want to pray for us before we start this morning that God will really just pr- break into our hearts and open stuff in our hearts so that we can know the freedom of Christ. So let's pray together. Father, thank you for this amazing privilege of being together in your word. We just bless you for your faithfulness and your goodness. And Lord, just your heart for us as your people, Lord. And we pray for those who feel discouraged that you'll encourage us. And Lord, that you work in us so that you can work through us in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the um, <clears throat> the story we're going to read is a whole chapter today and seven verses. So if you have your Bible with you, it's, uh, I want to encourage you to get your Bible out. There's just so much power, you know, when you read it in, in the Word of God itself. And it's Ephesians chapter 3. And so while you're paged there, you know, uh, I've, I've been reminded of so many people that I've encountered in the past couple of years of being prisoners for Christ. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. Being a prisoner for Jesus. Uh, you know, many, many countries, there are so many persecuted Christians that for years, uh, would be sitting, um, imprisoned for their faith, suffering hardship for their faith. Almost 50% of the church today, uh, it's a regular, Routine for them, uh, even in the Church of China, where there's a lot of persecution, North Korea, a lot of lot of countries where people are really suffering for the gospel. They say if you haven't been in in a prison for three years, you've not been to a theological seminary. You know that's almost your qualification. While in the West, our qualification is, hey, have you studied this? How much knowledge do you have? But sure, it's much more about what happens in the heart. And so it's so beautiful when the church get together. And uh, so I remember being in Egypt and praying with uh, a guy there. And he, I still asked him, like, what, what is, you know, what can we do for the church? Can we, can we bring people here? And he said, please don't bring people to the Middle East, uh, especially not from the West, because uh, you guys have a diluted gospel. But, but you can pray for us. Please pray for us. But don't come here <laughs> you know it was very humbling because we were already there you know uh, but then i realized like sure let's let's not forget even in this lockdown uh, time that uh, god wants to arrest us you know and uh, i'm going to read a couple of verses sort of interrupt myself and then we're going to continue through this whole chapter of ephesians chapter 3 
Now, Ephesians was written to a group of churches. It wasn't necessarily the church in Ephesus. Because if you uh, read in Acts chapter 19, how Paul uh, would lovingly share about how he missed the people in Ephesus. And he stayed there, I think, almost two years in Ephesus. Then um, the book of Ephesians seems like a bit of a very impersonal letter. And he doesn't have any personal connection or names or stuff. And that's why most scholars would today say that this book was written. Um, and it was a letter that was distributed all around for a lot of different churches. And it's a beautiful sort of, it starts with this poetry, this beautiful, the, the power and the truth of the gospel. And what it means to be in Christ, especially the first three, three chapters. And then it continues on, uh, the last part of these, this whole book of Ephesians is much about practical living and practical warfare. And so we jump into it right in the middle in Ephesians chapter three. And this is where he starts. Paul writes, he says, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus for you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which was given to me for you, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I have briefly written already, by which you, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit, to his holy apostles and prophets, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel, of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. So so what he writes is he says like Paul introduces this fact that the gospel is for everyone. You know, the Jews believed that the gospel was only for them. <laughs> they were superior. And uh, and it was uh, very challenging. And so here Paul says, like, the mystery, the revelation that I have, God has given me this gift to tell you that the gospel is for everyone. The riches to the poorest to everyone. You know, the gospel isn't just for one specific culture, for one specific people group. But he starts, and this is sort of where we get the theme for today, in verse 1 he says, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for you Gentiles. You know, uh, A lot of people are imprisoned to their fears today. A lot of people are prisoners or slaves uh, to a lot of other things. You know, Maybe the fear of the future or rejection or issues in our past. And uh, the picture that we have with Paul is Paul was um, the it wasn't a physical prison because he could still rent his own house and even friends could go and visit him. But the, the picture was like this chain that I have. Paul was literally chained to a Roman soldier all the time. And so around his hands or his arms, uh, there was like a lock. And so he was he was free in his house, almost like we are today in a lockdown, free to walk around, free to even see friends, not that we can see our friends, except when I saw the other day when I went jogging, it looked like um, uh, a national road yeah, in, in some of our neighborhoods, you know, people are jogging, it looked like I've never seen so many dogs outside, it's just crazy, you know, everybody's going outside for the three hours that they're allowed to be outside, you know, but here we have this picture of Paul being imprisoned in the sense of chained to somebody else. And uh, this Roman soldier, I can just imagine as even Paul is writing this, there's a, there's, he's been chained to somebody. He's, he's decided to to be a prisoner for Christ. And, and this is sort of like uh, a really thing that will blow your mind. 
because he could say, I'm imprisoned to Rome, you know, because he was waiting uh, for the trial uh, with Nero, um, and those guys were going to go out to to really kill him, because it was at the end of his life that he's writing Ephesians, and so Paul sees it just in a completely different way, and so that's my first question today, is what is your perception of this lockdown, <laughs> you know, are you going to allow things to imprison you, are you going to allow perversion and lust and uh, stuff to to take you captive, or are you going to allow to, like he said, to have the privilege of being imprisoned for Christ? You know, he says, "I, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for you Gentiles." You know, it's a beautiful picture that he has. He says, "I'm not, I'm not here because, hey, I'm, I'm going to moan and groan and and uh, just be criticizing everyone else and be negative about everything. I see this imprisonment as a massive privilege." Because there's always an opportunity for me to bring the gospel. There's always an opportunity for me to see the kingdom of God come. And that's that's a completely different mindset that a lot of us are not having and adopting at this moment. We're not actually free. Uh, because we're allowing all these fears or the news or the negative, the fake news, all that stuff to imprison us. Don't be imprisoned by your circumstances right now. Become a prisoner for Christ. And we're going to talk a little bit about what that means. I need to rush. In verse 8, he, reads, he writes this beautiful part. He says, To me who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable reaches of Christ, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ. We're reading verse 10. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we, having boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Therefore I ask you to do not do not lose heart at my tribulations for we for you which is your glory. So he writes two specific things there, and it, it's just amazing. He says, look, yeah, um, I'm the least of the saints, but God has given me a grace, a privilege to be able to live in this time, to share the gospel, and especially with, you know, with the, the Gentiles. He eventually says, it's actually, uh, don't be discouraged because of my imprisonment. It's actually your glory. It's actually for your benefit, he says. But he, he mentions two things that are very important. He says, God called the church to make known the mystery, uh, the manifold wisdom of God, the manifold glory of God. He's, he's called the church to reflect to the powers and principalities who God is. You know, and so sometimes when we are locked down or there's so many things that are pressing onto us, you know, we're forgetting that the church is still the answer. This church is still the vehicle that God uses to declare to the spiritual realm who Jesus is and what God has come to do. And and Paul understand that he just understood this. Almost said understand it that understood that, you know. He says, I'm a prisoner for Christ. I'm chained to this Roman guy. I'm I'm locked up to this in this situation. I'm not free. But hey, I'm actually looking beyond just my circumstances because I'm actually doing this. I'm in this position 
because I understand the value of what I'm part of, the church of Jesus Christ, the manifold wisdom of God. And it says, I'm, in my own eyes, I'm the least of the saints. Um, um, you know, but God has given me a grace. God has, God has got a calling and he's talking a lot about this in these verses, the cause of Christ, the cause of the kingdom. So as we become a prisoner for Christ, you must know that there's a greater cause. You must know that your circumstances does not determine why you're here or why you're locked up even. You know, this is an opportunity to say, Lord, I want to shift. I want to break from my culture. I want to break from the past. I want to break from the fear. I don't want to be chained to other things. I want to be chained to Christ, just like he was chained to this Roman soldier. So we want to, we need to be chained to the cause of Christ and to Christ himself. And that's why it's so beautiful when you read Ephesians of how many times they say in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. Are you in Christ? <clears throat> and so it goes on in verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ might dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. It's it's a mouthful, but it's amazing. <clears throat> I want you, this is sort of your homework, from verse 14 to 20, go and read it at home and pray it over yourself, pray it over your family, pray it over the church. Whatever church you belong to, just say, Lord, I pray that Lord, that you would grant to us according to the riches of your glory to be strengthened with might through the spirit in our inner mans, that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, that we will be rooted and grounded in love, and that we'll be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ. It's, 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 it, there's five hours of just sermons just in those couple of verses. But go and pray it over yourself and say, Lord, I want to be rooted and grounded in your love. I want to be rooted in Christ. That's still our theme to make, you know, to really make disciples that are rooted in Christ. And so this is why Paul says, because I know this mystery, I've, I have this revelation. I'm, I'm not here just by chance. I have decided to become a prisoner for the cause of Christ. I've become chained to God. I've become chained to his cause. I've become chained. But what he prays for is that we'll be rooted in his love, that we'll understand his love. I'm not, I'm not a slave to it. It's a massive privilege to serve Jesus in this time. And this is what he says. I appreciate the mystery. I appreciate what God has done. And then the last part that he writes, he talks about unity. And we find that in, in chapter 4. Because now he begins to, chapter 4, 5, and 6, remember, he challenges people to really be faithful, to live out their faith, to live out the truth that they've discovered, you know. To say, okay, let's start to pray. Let's start to do spiritual warfare in chapter 6. We read that. But I want to read the first couple of verses of chapter 4. And we're reading a lot of scripture. Um, sorry, but you shouldn't be here this morning for the opinion of Sias. You must be here to say, what's the opinion of God? Because scripture changes us. You know, the other day I was, I was watching and I must, this is sort of, yeah, going a bit of a rabbit trail. 
I was watching this Christian guy and I was really not checking my heart, but I was, I was, you know, it was, it was all this fancy media stuff and all that stuff and that's great, you know. And this guy was driving to the shop and he was like, they were shooting him in the shop, you know, not like with a gun, but with a video and as he was going to the shop and it was all like, and I thought like, wow, this is such amazing entertainment. This, this is really good stuff. Except there was no scripture. I thought like, Wow, you know, win a scripture and get a Bible, you know, or whatever. But we can't encourage people if we don't do it in the word in this time. Then it will be shallow. Then the, we're building on, on sand. But so let's not just be encouraged. And that's why Paul prays here. Verse 20, I love it. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church. Says God can do exceedingly abundantly above. Exceedingly abundantly above. Do you believe that? But see, if you're a prisoner to your past or to other things, then you don't believe that anymore. We've lost faith. We will, we will not see. And I, I have this desire that God will do a great revival in our midst, that God will turn hearts around, turn people back to Him. Because hey, this is the cause of Christ. I've, I've decided to be in prison to be a prisoner for the lord and this is what he says in chapter 4 he says i therefore and he uses the same term again the prisoner of the lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called with all lowliness and gentleness with long suffering bearing with one another in love endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace there's one body and one spirit just as you were called in one hope of your calling one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all is above all and through all and in you all. So he's talking about unity and he says, hey, let's, let's walk with humility, with gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love and fighting for the faith. But again, he says, I'm a prisoner of the Lord. I'm not here because of Roman design. I'm not yet afraid of Nero. Remember, it was tough. It was a tough situation that he was in. He didn't know how long he's going to live. But he still says, hey, it's for your glory. I'm, I'm here. So don't, don't lose or become discouraged because God has got a purpose. I've, I've decided to be a prisoner for Christ. And so, uh, Paul wasn't like prejudiced, but he says, this is a massive privilege. You know, I don't know what hardship, unpopularity, challenges you're going through, but you and I have to make a choice. And you know, sometimes the fears in our heads, the, the thoughts that we have, the, the lies that we believe about the past or the future can make us prisoners to those things. And then we become slaves to that, you know, uh, binge eating, binge watching stuff. We escape, we create escape places, you know, um, and, and almost like, and, and this may be a bit of a challenge because it's a challenge for me and I'm going to challenge you with that. You know, I've been watching and looking at how, how easy it was for me just to say like, yo, just get out of the house now. We're going to do exercise every day, you know. And now we suddenly feel like, yo, this, this is great, you know. Now we're more free than before. But freedom is not determined by your circumstances. It's great to exercise. It's great to go outside. But that will, you can still be in prison. The lockdown can go away, but we can still be in prison. And your and my choice is, are we going to see our cause for Christ and living for him as a privilege? It's a privilege to serve Jesus. It's a privilege to be part of his church. You know, as a church, we shouldn't beg people to serve or to give. 
it must be part of our hearts because that's why he says, I beseech you. He actually uses these words and he says, you know, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord, he says, I, I bow my knee, you know, there in verse 14 of the previous chapter, he says, I bow my knee. And what he says is because most Jews would stand up praying and they would hold their hands together. They would like be very ritualistic. But he says, I fall flat on my face. You know, I bow my knee and I can just see how he lies there in the prison. Worship God and he says, because of the Lordship of Christ, because of the cause of Christ. And so, so this is what he's challenging us with, but I'm also challenged by that because I've, I've adopted a mindset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When the lockdown is over, then this and this will happen. When the lockdown, then we're going to just go back to normal. You and I have to decide never to go back to normal because this is an opportunity. To say yes to the cause of Christ. This is an opportunity to be set free from the chains. Because he came to set the captives free. (laughs) Jesus didn't just come to let us pray a little prayer to go to heaven. He said, I've come to set the captives free. And so I want to end off by this, by asking this question. You know, what is your identity in? What is my identity in? Because... A lot of people determine their identity by their circumstances. Well, I'm now, can, I can go and exercise, I can do this, I can do this, so, so I'm now more, more free. But your identity should be in Christ. And it's easy to say that it's difficult to practice it. It's difficult, you know? But that's where there's grace, and this is what Paul says, there's grace for me to do. There's grace for me to walk. He says, I'm, I'm, I'm the least of all the saints. I'm, I'm the worst of all. <laughs> but, I know the grace of God. And this is an invitation to tap into the grace of God. Grace of God is an ability, the God's ability for you to do His will. God's ability, God's invitation for you to say, hey, you can't do it on in yourself. You have to do it in Him. But we have to break the chains. We have to say, God, come and set me free. But not just the freedom so that I can continue with my life. A freedom so that I be- can become a prisoner of Christ. So that I can look differently at the world. And it's so beautiful to see how the church is responding. You know, just by, by talking to this one lady who does, who is busy in the community and she said just, it's just impossible that they can do in the disaster management stuff if it wasn't for the church. They, they can't do what they're doing at the moment because the church in the town is rising up. The church is giving. It's the Christians that have become generous. Um, and that's a testimony. That's a testimony to God's goodness. You know, just the people that we've been giving food parcels to this last week. It's just amazing. Some people whose hearts are just opening up. You know, just yesterday I was talking to a guy and he was, uh, he came to me and I gave him some potatoes. He's there in, in the, uh, block of flats close to us and he was just looking at me and he says, you know, many people, Many Christians talk, 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 but they never do. But I've been watching you guys. You know, I've been watching what you have been doing in the last four or five weeks. And that's not to say, hey, hey, that's just to say it's a privilege. We are the least. Lord, pick me. Donkey, pick me. Lord, use me. But it's a privilege to serve. It's a privilege to give. Let's not stop doing that. So I want to pray for us that God will break the chains over our lives. I want to pray for you that God will set you free, that you'll understand your freedom is not because of a lack of a lockdown, our freedom is in Christ. But let's say yes to the cause of Jesus to become a prisoner for him. Let's be chained to the identity and the fullness and the calling of Christ. I want to pray for us. Father, I want to thank you that as we are sitting together under your word, Lord, just such powerful convicting stuff. Lord, like we see in Paul's life, 
how he was a prisoner awaiting almost death, Lord. And Lord, sure, Lord, he said yes to your cause, yes to your grace, yes to your fullness. Father, I pray this morning that everyone that's listening to this sermon, Lord, that every chain will be broken, every chain of fear, every prison door will open up, Lord. But Lord, we also say yes to be a prisoner for you. We say yes, Lord, to be locked up, arrested in the cause of Christ. Arrest us in your spirit, Lord. Arrest us by your spirit. Arrest us for the cause of Christ. Lord, that we'll have such an urgency to pray, an urgency, urgency to seek your face, an urgency to know you, an urgency to cry out to you in this time where so many people are awaiting the truth. Lord, we know the truth. And Lord, that's you, Jesus. And we just bless you for this this massive, massive privilege that we have to serve you and serve the church and serve your cause. Lord, raise up your church to be the instrument that declare to the spiritual realm of who you really are and what you've come to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you.